Hey guys, Nick here, taking a quick break so that I can tell you about Dioli's Italian Market, my family business. We've been located in Winston-Salem since 2007, and we've been a vital part of the Wake Forest community for students, athletes, coaches, and faculty, and the Winston-Salem community as well. You guys have heard guests come on before. Anyone that's part of the Wake Forest community has raved about my parents' deli, our family deli, and the hype is real. It wouldn't be if we've been here this long. So I got a deal for you. If you come into the deli and you recognize me and you say, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast or I've listened to you guys before and I love what you're doing, I will give you a free sandwich card with any purchase you make in the store. So you come in, you talk about the podcast with me a little bit, you purchase something, I'll give you a sandwich card that has all 10 stamps and then your ne the next time you come in, your sandwich is on me. So that's all you got to do. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for supporting a small family business that's been part of the Winston-Salem community for all these years. Thank you for listening to the show. And we are coming right back to you. Welcome back to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. But we are joined by a special guest, a Fellow contributor to College Baseball Central, Mr. Grayson Boone himself. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Grayson. You were also on the Locked On Wolfpack podcast. Yes. Uh, you're a better NC State fan than Nick is, so that's always good to have two of them uh, and one that actually knows what he's talking about. Unlike Nick, who claims to be an NC State fan, but there's also a Wake fan. No, I'm just kidding. I'm giving Nick a hard time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, so Grace, I, I I'm gonna preface before I ask how you're doing. I, I just need to tell you this story. I think you'll find this pretty funny. So so Nick became the most popular guy in Winston Salem NC State crossover history when he performed on the dugout. Or sorry, was this in Raleigh, Nick? Actually, you tell the story. Yeah, you it was in Raleigh. Tell, tell the story of how you made NC State marketing staff wonder what in the world is going on more than anything in the world. Tell this story real quick, Nick. All right, Grayson. So I don't know if you remember, um, but it was the last series of 2022. Wake okay. was at state. So um, I believe it was game two of that series. And the, um, the marketing people came up to like our, our group, our row. And I was like, are any of you guys um, students? And we said, no, but we're alumni. And they say, oh, okay, well, alumni will work. Well, we need someone to finish the lyrics uh, on the oh, dugout. Boy. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, I I I'll do it. And then so my brother's girlfriend, uh, now fiance, uh, I should say, is uh, tells the guy, you need to say his last name when you introduce him to. And the guy was like, well, why? And she said, well, just trust us. It's nothing bad. It's just going to be kind of funny for the Wake Forest baseball team. So we, my family owns an Italian deli in Winston-Salem. I've and, heard about this, yeah. Yeah. So the Wake guy, the Wake baseball team is like our number one like squad. Like they come right. in, they are like, I know the guys by heart. Like they're all cool. They're they're the best. Um, So I didn't know that she at, told the guy to do that. So I'm up on the NC state dugout wearing an NC state Jersey too. Um, 
and I just turn around and I see all the weight guys just lined up on the <laughs> railing, like waiting for anticipation. And oh my god, now it's coming coming to bite me in the butt. But because I'm a Niners fan, but it was a Taylor Swift song. I was uh, about to ask. Yeah, it was "Shake It Off," and I finished the lyrics. And then the whole way, all the weight guys were cheering me on, like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And I waved to them, and it was really, really funny. And then I'm walking up um, the bleachers to get back to my seat, and, like, all these state fans are just staring at me, like, giving me the death stare. And this one girl goes, why is the whole Wake Forest baseball team cheering for you? I said, it's just a very long story. I don't want to get into it right now, but yeah. Would you consider yourself a Swifty, Nick? Absolutely, positively not. I guess definitely not after the Super Bowl, huh? I wasn't before. I'm definitely not now. My goodness. If you had played a shot game of how many times the camera showed Taylor Swift last night, I think you would be in a coma. Uh, she was only on the screen for 54 seconds yesterday, Nick. So, um, just just to you know, to okay, the same, Colin Coward, chill out. There. I'm just 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 <laughs> saying, man. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, she was shown more when they played the Ravens, and she was at the Super Bowl. So, I don't want to hear it. You you watched your team lose just like I did, and you didn't have to see her as much as I did. So. You can stop, you know, with your whining and complaining. You know, we, the, the only San Francisco team that can beat a Kansas City team is the San Francisco Giants over the Royals in the World Series. That's the only, the only. Did you only did you see that go. tweet of mine late last night? I probably did. I saw a lot of tweets last night. Yeah, I tweeted the uh, Madison Bumgarner game. It was like I just searched Madison <laughs> Bumgarner on Twitter, twenty fourteen World Series. It was the final catch. I just said good night with a teardrop. <laughs> Got to balance the scales however you can. I know. Now the scales are in Kansas City's favor. Uh, it was a rough one. Last night was very, very rough. Still um, rough today. I don't know what it's like to lose a Super Bowl, Nick. Let me know how that feels. I'll, I'll let you know if I ever find out. But yeah, <laughs> oh, we love yeah that first one to the Ravens. Still two and zero, two and zero all time. Good old Trent Dilfer oh, against the Giants. I don't remember it because I was like four, but, you know, I'm going to pretend like I did. But <laughs> anyways, again, Grayson, thank you for hopping on. We'll let you quickly, obviously, introduce yourself. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself because this is your first appearance on our show. Probably won't be the last, but uh, you do great work, obviously, at College Baseball Central. He deals with my DMs in the group chat, so hopefully it's not the most annoying thing in the world. But you know, we agree that North Carolina barbecue is the best. So we at least got that in common. But, no doubt. But Grayson, tell us, tell the listeners a little about yourself. Yeah, man. Excited to be on here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, but I, my name is Grayson Boone. Um, I actually run a, a Wolfpack podcast. Like you mentioned, we are locked on Wolfpack. Myself and my co-host, Kenton Gibbs. He's actually a former defensive tackle uh, from NC State football. We do a podcast every single day. Well, I guess during the week, that is Monday through Friday. Every day, whether it's football, basketball, we got baseball coming up at the end of this week. We're covering something within NC within NC State, so keeping everybody up to up to speed. We like to keep it entertaining as well, because sometimes you know when uh, Kevin Keats is running your basketball program, it's kind of a repeating cycle of of sadness at times. But uh, yeah, every single day, locked on Wolfpack, and then of course, yes, this season I'm also contributing uh, to College Baseball Central. Super excited about that because by trade, I am a baseball guy. Uh, of course, my co-host being a football guy, we kind of meet in the middle on basketball, but 
doing a lot of good things so far. I've been doing it for a little over a year. Well, almost a year now. I started doing podcasting uh, around March Madness uh, in 2023. So a little bit, a little close to a year of uh, experience, I guess you could call it, uh, in sports media. But I've, I've met a lot of cool people, been some cool places, and certainly excited to cover some college baseball here pretty soon. So our listeners probably won't see any video. I'm not a big clip the video guy, but Grayson's probably the most swagged out podcast uh, guest we've had so far. I got wouldn't fire, say that. Got a fire cherry red with the old, I don't even know what you call it. I, I call it the little slobbering wolf. Hood. Slobbering okay. wolf, that's right. I, I call Nick it the little red riding hood wolf because it looks like, you know, the, the cartoon as a kid, but um, got the slobbering wolf on it. Nice cherry red. He's got beat headphones on. He's got a legit <laughs> mic set up. I mean, he is definitely more set up than even Nick and I. I got way too much stuff in my backdrop, and, and Nick's got just his closet behind him. So uh, <laughs> Grayson's clearly got his feet here. Um, quickly, though, since this is an NC State-focused podcast, and we are going to talk baseball, but I feel for NC State right now on the basketball side. Obviously, the women's team is phenomenal. They're going to be a tournament team. We're not worried about that. But, uh, again, Virginia fan here. Since we met in Raleigh, my team has gone up. Oh, your yeah. team has gone the opposite. So I need to know where you stand, Grayson, on this program, and obviously more particularly because of what is being filed around social media with Kevin Keats. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to see. A lot of people call it the referendum on Keats uh, after every loss. Of course, you don't really hear much after they win, if they do win, but you know, a lot of what we've been talking about lately is there's just no buzz. There's just feels like there's no identity. There's no kind of signs of potentially breaking the cycle and getting out of this mediocrity death spiral that we find ourselves in uh, every single year. Last couple of weeks have been kind of tough. You know, you go on the road and you lose some games that you really needed to have. You fumble some at home as well. And now you're looking, you know, the bubble looks pretty far away at this point in the season. As far as Keats's tenure, you know, Kenton and I on our podcast, we've we've kind of maintained the same level head about it, being that if he's going to be the guy, then he'll show us that he can be. But if he's not going to be the guy, then this kind of streak will continue. And unfortunately, the latter is uh, where we're angled at the moment. So I, I think there there might be some tough conversations here at the end of this basketball season, depending on how the rest of this month might go uh but you know you know how uh how nc state fans are you never know what could happen uh in the acc tournament as, as so it goes so we're gonna have to wait and see i guess yeah i just i don't unfortunately i, I with uh, the acc i mean they're they're finally we're starting finally starting to get some love right people are finally starting to kind of understand what think the third most top 50 net teams now people are starting to realize we're not as bad it's, as what people were trying crazy. to say i really think I really think the ACC is getting a bad rap this year. I know the conference is kind of eating itself alive, but there's a lot more quality basketball than I've seen in like the Mountain West and all those other schools out there, you know? I think what's happening, and I mean, and this is not to, to slander, you know, the people that work very hard behind the scenes for the conference, but I think there's just a problem with, you know, CBS because they've invent, invested in the Mountain West. That's kind of their bread and butter now. If you really sure. think about it, like they got the Big Ten, but the Big Ten's on their way out with the, you know, or excuse me, on their way in more with football. So like, yeah, they're investing in the Big Ten, but the Big Ten doesn't really need any help, right? So they're taking a lot of that publicity and they're putting, you know, Mountain West games on. Like, I mean, 
the CBS Sports Network has spent more time talking about the SOCON than the ACC. I mean, it's 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 I think a problem where you know ESPN is so infatuated by the SEC, right? And yeah. the Big Twelve, no matter what, like as much as I want to try to say, oh, we're the best conference in college basketball right now. No, the Big Twelve is. I mean, let's just yeah. be very honest there. Now, I do think they're getting too much respect. Like, why if Kansas State beats Kansas, is Kansas State just a good team? But if Pitt beats Duke, it's because well, Duke just didn't play well. Like that doesn't make right. any sense to me. But you know, at the same time, part of that's just there's not that conversation being had. You know, Pitt wasn't a team that was in the Elite Eight last year. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a lot of that, you know, and it's funny because it's like the AC doesn't perform well in the tournament. We, we've we've had some of the most, you know, I think we've brought second most teams in the Elite Eight in the last six years, yep. seven years, whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's and we have the most multi-team national champions in terms of different schools winning it. So, you know, it's nice to, to see that, but yeah, there's, there seems to be a disconnect. It was very refreshing, obviously as a Virginia fan, just to see it, but like seeing Virginia at 21 kind of made me go, okay, maybe they're finally realizing because obviously Virginia and Wake's this Saturday. If Wake goes to Charlottesville and wins, I just hope they don't go, oh, well, the ACC's bad again. You know what I mean? It should be, no, Wake Forest is a top 25 team. So should Virginia. So we'll see what we get from that. I'm very intrigued. I mean, I just feel bad for NC State. I'm still mad Virginia lost that game because we played awful in that game. But, you know, at the same front, like it's just, it's so insane to see the, the trajectory, like, when that game happened, I was like, wow, Virginia's missing the tournament. NC State's going to be in. Now it's like, mm, Virginia's it's... not a lock, but they're sitting pretty. And NC State is, well, is probably getting to the title game. No shot, honestly. It is. Yeah, it's it's very crazy how different the trajectories are since that game. As it probably turns out, I mean, I guess, yeah, depending on what happens this next couple of weeks, that Virginia game in Raleigh is probably going to be our best win of the season because we really – we, we fumble around all the other opportunities that we get so far. So yeah. it's, it's wild to see the difference, you know, what a month later. You're definitely spot on with it all. Well, first Grayson, I, I followed you. I've been, I think I've been following your account. I see it through the NC state uh, Twitter lines. I run a NC state account. Myself. I'm the one who runs uh fifth quarter wolf pack. Yeah. 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 I've seen you on there. Yeah, yeah. So that's me. So I've seen Locked On Wolf Pack. Okay. Uh, you guys have been doing a really great job. So I want to give you kudos to that. I that, man. You um, are, you are as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, the, I didn't realize how you know how so soon you've been doing it. Like you, you just recently started. You guys already have a really good following. So I think that's really cool. So far, um, so good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you're spot on with. Keats with we're in this purgatory of mediocrity. I said last year, you know, state fans still wanted Keats to be fired after making their tournament, after the turnaround yeah. we had. Um, and the two seasons before that, you know, we lost Manny Bates in the first game of the season. Yeah. You know, uh, the turnaround we had was great. And I said, if Keats doesn't improve, then yeah, I'm open to an argument of him being gone. Uh, because you can't just digress you know from making the tournament you have to build on that you have to make the second round you got to make a sweet 16 run um I, I was at the wake state game this saturday and as much as i was sad about like state losing that game and being there i mean it was a classic acc dog fight like it was a great the, game yeah. the, it was a fantastic game like one of the better basketball college basketball games i've been to in a while um 
I think just for the conference, it's like that's been our bread and butter. These blue bloods of our conference having a duke it out basketball game. It, it was just right. a classic game. But, you know, I can't really blame Keats or anybody on the team. I mean, we played our asses off. It's just, you know, the better team had the opportunity to win. And that's what happened. The ball fell Wake's way. But we are in this purgatory. And it, yeah. I think Wake kind of took our bubble spot on Saturday. And it's going to be a lot more challenging for us to climb up to the back in the bubble conversation, at least. I know we still have the ACC tournament. And we still have quad one win opportunities ahead of us. But it's looking bleak. Yeah, I mean, the I don't know. The, the body of work that sits ahead of us, I I typically sit about as middle as you can get on these type of things, but I don't know if I see a path to March Madness unless yeah, they right. win the ACC tournament because they'd have to go they'd have to go on a crazy run. They'd have to beat Clemson on the road. Clemson looks at us like food, especially last year, just blowing yeah. our doors off three times. And then of course you still got to go at Chapel Hill. You got to play Duke. You got to play Pitt on the road. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be a total pessimist, but just the inconsistencies that are there every year, it feels like. And throughout the Keats tenure, it's just, well, you know, coming into this year, it, I, Nick, you basically said it as well. You basically, you made it, you made the tournament last year. You have to get back there this year. And if you don't, I don't know if we can help you, man. You know, so it's, it's, a, it's getting to that point where something probably needs to be done here. Do, do you think he's gone if we don't make it this year? Cause I well, keep see, I keep hearing online everywhere. And like, you know, I have state friends that live in Winston too, that, you know, say, even if we don't make it, he's going to stay till like 2026 or something like that. I think his new contract is out to 28, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, he, you're right. Yeah. If he doesn't, I'll, I'll tell you this, this is what I think should happen. If he doesn't make the tournament, I think that should be it. However, the things I've been hearing lately ba based on the the AD and potential booster boosters, their involvement in the process, barring a total just collapse here, I think he'll be back next year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think people think that he should be gone if we don't make it, but that's the rumor is that he will yeah. be back. Yeah. And it's and that that part's a shame because and you've already started to see it. But the apathy that has begun this year is going to hit a whole nother level next year if this continues. Oh, 100%. Yep. Yep. So I think from my outsider's perspective, really from my outsider's perspective, I think the, the part that I have a hard time swallowing, I'm sure you all as state fans definitely have a hard time swallowing, is the fact that NC State is probably, especially after this weekend, the the bottom four of the, of the, you know, the big four. Like it's, they're power rated number four of the four. And this is probably the weakest the big four's been in a very, very long time. Like Arguably, I'm not trying yeah. to slander Duke and UNC, but this isn't this isn't, you know, the Duke and UNC of five years ago. Right. And, you know, Wake Forest is, in my opinion, like Keats's thing that's probably hurting him the most is that Steve Forbes is just outwinning him in the portal. And now that he's beating him on the floor, like it's not like Wake Forest's roster is just unbelievably stacked with dudes, like four-star, right. five-star kids. Like, they're getting kids in the portal that can play. And Keats hasn't done as good of a job with that. And just, again, I mean, the Virginia game, for example, 
you fall behind 14 just to lose in overtime in Charlottesville. Like the potential's there. You see it. I mean, I was yeah, my intern is a big NC State fan. We were we were working our Vens basketball game at ETSU, and I'm like, Oh, we're up 14 with 14 to go. Yeah, that's a death sentence with UVA. Like, you're not coming. It should have been, but it wasn't. And, yeah. And yeah, and then I'm like, I'm getting mad. And he's like, Well, even when Virginia won, he's like, Are you still mad? I'm like, Yeah, we don't blow 14 point leads. That's not Virginia basketball. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah, if just from an outsider's perspective, I mean, I think it's just tough to see them as like kind of the clear number four in the big four. And I mean, I don't want to be that negative person, but there's an argument that App State's better. <laughs> and you know, I know that's I've, a Sun Belt team, but like, hear that. but like, you know, there's an argument that App State is better. And if and Charlotte is the top of the American. And again, I'm not saying that they're for sure better than NC State, but we should never be having that conversation. So that's where right. you know, that's where I as an outsider am like, e not great not great no but, it's funny you mentioned that game in charlottesville because honestly i think that's like a microcosm for nc state basketball right now you you look horrible in the first half you fight like hell and somehow you make it a game you make it into overtime and then you just no show again that is basically the epitome of kevin keats basketball at nc state you had 15 minutes of incredible basketball against Virginia. you held them to 10 points or something like yeah. that throughout 15 minutes. I mean, great. Virginia has their history of, of scoring drafts, but to just score on that defense, you know, if it wasn't like Virginia played bad defense in that, in that last 15, it was just NC yeah. state started hitting shots and making plays and finding the open guy. But all right, let's transition over because I mean, not to, to wallow in your pain, but I think NC state <laughs> fans are more excited for baseball. Right. So no doubt. Let's talk, let's talk yeah. about the excitement stuff. Obviously, this past week, we got some some negative news on the NC State pitching yeah. front. But, I mean, for the most part, I still don't think anyone's questioned this is a top 25 team. I mean, yeah, that's tough to lose probably what projected Saturday starter. But yeah, at the same time, you know, it's not like this team. I mean, what the, it, I can't remember what Kendall Rogers always says, but it's like, NC State will always hit is this is a summary of it. There's some That's quote the he always yeah. does. Yeah, but like no matter what, you're gonna get the hitting and, and they still got two quality arms and, and there's some, you know, some guys that can take a step forward. So, you know, Grayson is going right into it because I know you did a great job covering it for college baseball central. You know, just a quick, you know, what is your what is your expectations for 2024? Man, there's there's so much to be excited about. I think in this team, and of course, yeah, touching quickly on the Willitson news from last uh, last week, being that he was going to be your your Saturday workhorse as he's been the last couple years, you can't replace a guy like that. Despite all the young depth that you're projected to have and the excitement around that, there's just no way to replace Willitson one-to-one. So that's a tough loss. You know, a guy that led your team last year in both innings and strikeouts, you absolutely hate to see something like that. But, you know, I guess the silver lining is – it, pre- it presents the opportunity for these younger guys to then rise up to the occasion, basically. And got some, you know, impact transfers coming in, some impact freshmen coming in. There's a lot of hope, I guess you could say, uh, around this 24 squad. And it's it's hard, and I, I had a feeling this was going to get brought up, but after what happened in Omaha in 2021, it's it's difficult to, I guess, expect great, like, spectacular things will go your way for NC State bat, uh, NC State baseball, NC State anything, if we're keeping it honest, but NC State baseball especially. And so this team, I think it's 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 like a new hope in Star Wars. You're, you're starting to see like, okay, maybe we can 
get back to heights as high as those at some point. Cause I think this team has the basis of that and maybe not the right time for a hot take, but I don't think they win the ACC tournament in 24, but I do think they win it in 25. I always worry, you know, in the portal era, what, 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 you know, going out and making a 2025 projections that I respect that, you know, I think, yeah, I think my biggest fear with this 2024 team isn't that they're not good enough. I mean, I think they've got some guys, and you mentioned some incoming guys. I think offensively, especially, you know, I can only speak to what I've seen, but uh, Grace, I don't know how much you know, but I work for East Tennessee State. So, you know, obviously I'm, I'm around the SOCON all the time. So Blake Butterworth from right. Western Carolina, I'm very, very familiar with him. Fun fact, I made his walk-up song, the Mrs. Butterworth uh, uh, theme song. When he came to <laughs> I town. love that. So, Is he bringing it with him to Raleigh? Do you know? Uh, probably not. I, I don't I don't think, I don't know if he liked it or disliked it. It was not his walk-up song for the SOCON tournament. I can't remember what it actually was, but uh, I like to troll visiting teams. So that was a random fact, but he, he's a he's a he's a hell of a hitter. So definitely excited to see him not in the Southern Conference this year against us. But um also got a chance to see Hollis Fanning this summer. Uh, he was on the Kingsport team I worked for in, in the Appalachian League. He was a probably the best pitcher, honestly, in the Appy League this year. And that's not saying a ton because you know the Northwoods League is kind of I think is still a step above. And obviously Cape Cod is Cape Cod. Yeah. But you know he was an absolute stud, and obviously his story, you know, being I think it's I think it's blind in one eye. I can't remember if it's actually blind. Blind or one eye, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was like he could see partial, but you know, obviously just the fact that he can, you know, he he has got nasty stuff. So obviously, I think this team is is well loaded. I think my biggest fear, the schedule is brutal, man. I mean, it is set up to where. I mean, the you're, back half is for sure. Yes, the like, and that's what scares me. I mean, I, last year we kind of saw it, right? Like that team showed some life and then just kind of faltered down the stretch. And I mean, when four of your last six ACC series is are on the road, I would argue you're playing yeah. six of the top half, maybe top nine, I guess, if you want to, depending on your your viewpoint on Louisville. But I mean, you're 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 getting wake at home, but you got to go to Virginia. You got like, and I think it's almost tough that like. You know, Florida State in Louisville, who I would probably say NC State are better than, you got to go to their place. And those are not right. easy places to play. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, is Carolina the other road series? I can't remember. No, we have them in Raleigh, I'm pretty sure. So, okay, then maybe yeah. that's your two yeah. is Raleigh and Wake. And then obviously, then your means are going to Clemson, which again, yeah. <laughs> great. So, Another tough just, spot, I yeah. mean, I mean, I mean, I just, I don't want to be negative, but I think if you can take half those series, that's a, that's a potential regional resume. I mean, and it's just, it's, it's insane to think how tough that that's going to set up. And again, just getting it down the stretch. I mean, and, and I think what's crazy and not to, you know, to give too much credit to, to a Mac team, but ball state is not the easiest non-conference three game series to be sandwiched in there. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. a top Mac team. Them and Kent state are kind of the cream of the crop in the mid American conference. So you're kind of, and you, obviously, you know that's going to be their Super Bowl, right? They're going to need that to hopefully try Absolutely, to, you yeah. know, make 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 some noise and you know push for an at large or whatever they're trying to accomplish at that point. So it's like you're going to basically be playing either the best of the best or a team that's capable of catching you and putting a target on your back with Ball State in the last seven weeks of the season. I mean, I just. I'm a little bit lower on NC State just purely because of that, not even because of the talent of this team. It's just, I mean, and and then you got to try to go play the AC tournament, and then you got to roll right into regional play. I mean, 
it's Thank funny you. we uh <laughs> when we did the the poll for college baseball central me being an nc state guy i think i was actually lower than most of the other voters but not so much not so much negative i guess but i just think for, at least for the first part of the season it's going to be a slow burn you have a lot of new faces a lot of younger guys kind of getting some getting some experience here some transfers moving in, you know, kind of wanting to see how they play at the ACC level once it gets there. I think, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot to be excited about, of course. But for me, I think I had them at like 22 or something like that, 21, 22. And a lot of people, I think uh, D1ers at Perfect Game has them at like 13. I think that's a little high at this point. But I think that speaks to the talent that they certainly could have or a place that they could be by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, when I was on with uh, Jake and Monty last week on CBC, I said that this team's ceiling, I think, is hosting a regional. I don't know if they'll get there, but I think they have the the ability to make it really close. So a lot of young talent. It's it's, it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn, I think. But I, I certainly can't wait to get started here on Friday. That's kind of what it was like last year you know we heard all about state's talent and then they got yeah. to a hot, hot start like we started off what 13 and 0 um and it looked like things were rolling um and you could see the talent showing up but a lot of those series man like we really just beat ourselves like the yeah. airs we committed uh drop pop flies grounders i mean fundamental stuff yeah but the fundamental stuff i mean i was at the wake state series last year and um Oh my God. Who's number eight, our shortstop. Um, uh, Peyton green. Yeah. Dropping that pop fly in short. I mean, just absolutely killed us that it was really the story of the 2023 team. So much potential, but really just beat themselves where we lost, I think six ACC series last year when really we could have went seven and three if we just, you know, cleaned right. up our act a little bit. You know, um, but I, I like to think that with everyone, mostly everyone, I think coming back, you know, the pitching staff is there. A lot of the hitters. I mean, we lose Cannon, but we got Jacob Cozart, who's going to hopefully be a first round draft pick, one of the best catchers in the in college baseball. But you would like to hope that everything's cleaned up and the chemistry is built and the experience is there. And um, I think the ceiling's a lot higher going into this season than it was last season. Last season, it was like, yeah. okay, we got to find our footing. We know we have the talent. Now we have to go. So I think it yeah. could be the start of something. I like your 2025 take where we don't get things going astronomically to Omaha, but it's the start in the right direction. It's kind of like when Wake in 2022 – made the regionals and it's like okay now they go it's uh, that's yeah. kind of what i feel like right now with this state baseball team um yeah i i think it's it, it feels this season feels a lot to me like uh 2019 nc state where you had the younger guys like Devonte brown coming up and yeah uh, you know at, the, at that time it was luca tresh coming up tyler mcdonough that kind of level that oh, i, I see some names. parallels to this team but there's way more pitching I think in this squad. And I think of course that's been really the narrative uh, or the off season narrative for this team is that the pitching depth is supposedly deeper than it's ever been before. I, I need to see it before I can right. really buy into that. But of course the overall narrative around NC state is they're going to hit year in year out. So, you know, I, I, I probably would agree with that again. I'm not so concerned with the offense 
in this team. Some pieces that are new are certainly going to have to produce, but you look at a guy like Eli Serrano, just a freshman last year, hit just a little bit under 300. I'm looking for him to take a massive step this year. Yeah, and especially with him moving out to center field too, taking a whole nother position on. But, you know, some of the transfers, some of the freshmen, I think the offense will remain. But the pitching, and like you said, Nick, the defense is paramount for this season. I have one more question before. Sorry, Mike. I just wanted to ask. You bring up pitching. I got to ask about the mayor, Sam Heifel. Yeah. I love Sam. Love him. He was the face. He was our savior in 2021 when things looked bleak. He, he stepped up as a freshman. He's in his senior year. We know the back surgery that was he was out for 2022. Yep. 23 was a rough, rough season for Sam. What can we expect for Sam Highfield? Is he going to be a starter? Is he coming out of the pen? Is he going to be back up to 2021, Sam? That is certainly one of the bigger question marks, I think, on this team. And it, it was a weird year last year for him, coming back off of injury. Now all of a sudden he's coming out of the bullpen, which is a new a new role to assume coming out of injury, no less. I think, at least from what I've heard, that he will return to the starting rotation. I've heard that he looks healthier, I guess, as healthy as he did in 2021. So, of course, that is, that is some hopeful news to carry into uh, the beginning of the season. I would suspect he'll probably be a starter, I think, especially with the loss of Willardson, you're going to need some experience in that weekend rotation. So he'll probably be the guy for that. And, and you mentioned him being a senior. Yeah, man, like this is your last ride. This needs to be your team. You need to be stepping up and showing these younger guys how it can be done at this level. So I am excited for Sam. Of course, yeah, he is or he has been the face of this program. He is an excellent guy, just NC State through and through. I hope nothing for the best for him this year. Me too. I I hope he finds his uh, footing and it's gotta be his year, man. I would love to see him have success uh, this year for sure. Yeah. There's, there's not many more that deserve it than Sam Highfield. I agree. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And see, I'm, I'm really excited about, I mean, the, obviously the translation is going to be interesting, but you know, Shane Van Dam from Portland. I mean, he can be, like yeah. I, I know, like obviously, you you don't want to lose your your Saturday cornerstone, right? Like yeah. you know, but he has, and we don't know at the D one level yet, but he has the stuff to, yes, easily step up in that role and not necessarily say miss a beat because obviously you need the pitching depth if you want to make a run to Omaha, but just to at least get you through, you know, your Friday, Saturday, Sunday starts, and I, mean, I think you can trust Lo- Logan Whitaker on the back end still. So I think you're sitting pretty good, you know, if you're NC State. I think I think what I think my favorite, and I don't know if it's the fairest comparison that I that I've kind of thought about when I was doing my bracketology is NC State, in terms of like how their schedule plays out, how their roster is built with the ability to hit, but you've got names at the pitching, you know, and the especially up on the front end of the pitching, and then obviously a good a good closer, kind of reminds me of Kentucky last year. Like Kentucky hosted a regional. They weren't kind of talked about as this. Or excuse me, they didn't, they didn't host. Sorry, they went to. No, they did. Yeah, they did. Sorry. Anyways, they hosted a regional and, you know, they were like a 14C, whatever it was, but they were RPI number one, number two, because their non conference schedule was just ridiculous. I mean, they were getting Indiana State, Indiana. They were playing Xavier. They're playing teams that 
you know, when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you're like, goodness gracious, like even the midweeks, there's no breaks. I mean, yeah. that's how NC State's is this year. You got Coastal, you got ECU home and away, you've got UNCW home and away. You've got, you know, I think, you know, obviously the at Hawaii trip isn't the greatest in terms of quality of team, but the RPI always rewards teams that go on the road, especially somewhere that far. Like I don't know how that how it all works out with all that, but you'll see teams that traveled to Hawaii last year almost got a three or four like a spot bump just purely for mm-hmm. playing at Hawaii. You know, though, and obviously I'm sure it's gonna be a fun trip for the guys too. So you know, yeah. there's 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 just when you look at it, especially once middle of March hits, I mean, there is not a single like some of your easiest games are Notre Dame, which again down this year, but still an HC yeah. caliber program. So I think there's a lot of potential too, where this team could be like, you might be looking at them, you know, down the stretch in May, like they're 10 games, nine games above 500. And you're like, wow, like not great record, but then their RPI is like 18. So they're pretty much a lock for the tournament. Maybe not obviously host, but you know, to at least get in and, and, and be sitting pretty on selection, you know, selection Sunday or Monday, I guess. But you know, it's, it's, I'm just, this team just has so much upside. I'm so excited. My, uh, my first trip to to the Doke this year or ever actually for a game will be the ECU game on Tuesday night. So, uh, oh, that's a that fun one. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun. I have, I have that as a projected regional right now with with ECU hosting that. I saw so, that. Yeah, you did a fantastic so was, job on that, by the way. Appreciate it. You know, we're, we're we're trying over here. You know, if you read the article, for those that you know are listening, you know, I've made it very clear that I'm guessing at a lot of these, especially small conference levels. Well, I mean, so is everyone else at this point. Exactly. I, but but I you know I have to I, I like to transport that because like you know again especially at these small levels you kind of see the same programs every year. I mean it's yeah. kind of Penn at the top of the Ivy League. It's Binghamton at the top of America East. It's you know now that Campbell has left the Big South that's changed a little bit. But it was always Campbell in the Big South. It was ECU in the American. It's you know Coastal or Southern Miss in the Sun Belt. Like you kind of know who you're getting to come right. out of these. You know Ryder obviously coming out. So you know it's. It was it was a lot of fun to do. I'm excited to update it every week. I, I learned who who gets triggered pretty easily. So there might be times where I might just flip a coin on a team and might just purposely try to trigger somebody, you know, because it might be a last <laughs> team out. But like I have an Ole Miss fan that's in my DMs just telling me how Ole Miss is a top 20 team. And yet nobody seems to be giving him that love, but he's determined that I'm wrong for leaving him out. And I was like, I'm sorry, SEC fans. I can't put the entire SEC in. Like as yeah. much as I think that maybe – like I do think that Ole Miss is better than Ryder, but I can't put them in over Ryder because Ryder's going to win an auto bid and you are not. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and some you're people the don't. SEC. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, some people just don't grasp. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, I might be putting in Alabama State, but they someone from the SWAC has to be there. It's not like you know I can right. choose to just be like. You know what? Because if that's the case, then the ACC would probably have 12 bids. The SEC probably would have four, yeah. like every team in. You know, the Pac 12 would have eight or nine. You know, Big 12 might have 10. Like, right. you know, not to insult that level of baseball, but there's not too many teams that you're really putting in, you know, that would be just at large ins at those levels. So, but all right. So then the question, the final question I've got. Um, for you, Grayson, on this, you know, NC State talk. Obviously, I kind of asked what you were, what you said your best case scenario was hopefully hosting a regional. What would you deem a failure for this team? 
a failure would be missing the tournament altogether. And I, I think they have far too much talent to miss it. Uh, you know, I could see where the inexperience kind of bites them a little bit like it did last year. And they were honestly, they were getting a little bit close to that bubble line uh, near the end of the year. And they, a lot of, a lot of folks had some, uh, some, some frights of the year before when we got totally hosed uh, when we did yeah. have uh, number 47 on our team. I don't like to say his name anymore, but <laughs> NC state fans in the bubble, it's just, you don't want those two words in the same sentence ever. And so I think missing the tournament altogether would be a pretty pretty abject failure, but I, I don't see – well, I shouldn't say I don't see a way because it's possible, of course, but I think they have more than enough talent to make the tournament. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I feel like you know, missing the tournament is definitely a failure. I mean, I even would even put it to where – I think this team is good enough to where you really shouldn't be a three seed. I mean – Obviously, that probably puts you on that bubble conversation. I just don't think this team should be on the bubble. I just, there's, yeah. like you said, there's too much talent. Again, obviously, things can happen, right? Like if, right. if the injury bug nips, yeah, that I, I never could, I, I can never deem a season a failure if outside circumstances come into play, right? Like that's not fair right. to judge a team off of that. It's so we're obviously to, judging not to cross wires, but I think a perfect <laughs> comparison is when we lost our quarterback Devin Leary in 2022 when it was supposed mm-hmm. to be the year. And mm-hmm. then he goes down after that. I mean, regardless of what happens, you lose an impact player, bring it back to baseball. The The expectations go out the window, essentially. So, yeah, we certainly hope for no more injuries to report for NC State baseball. Matt Willitson is more than enough. Uh, so <laughs> if it, baseball gods, if you're listening to this, please spare us for the rest of the season. Yeah, right. I, and it was, I mean, I don't want to say it's fitting because that's not fair, but it was pretty interesting that in the same week obviously north carolina loses a pretty important piece too so i saw a lot like, of folks saying so, like what in the world is in the water <laughs> so yeah like I, like you know my my next instinct after i heard you know the, the wilton news was oh what's gonna happen to duke like yeah <laughs> you know and i was like wake don't go anywhere near the triangle right now just leave <laughs> leave rdu away you know stay away for a little while and something you know, in the barbecue was, down here yeah, right. You know, some someone must have uh, made somebody mad in the Lexington barbecue stand and, and just got somebody going. But, um, well, Grayson, this isn't the end of our conversation tonight. It is going to be the end, though, of our podcast, uh, Talking NC State. This will be released tonight, and then we will release our prediction preview show on tomorrow, which we will record right after this. So with that being said, you're going to have to do this twice. This will be the first time. Plug yourself again. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, anything that you really want to plug, this is your chance. We obviously want to get as many people that listen to us and follow us to hop on board with and see your content because you do a really great job. I'm not going to lie to you. I had not heard of you until CBC, but in my defense, I'm not looking for the most in-depth NC State stuff all the time. I let Nick do that for me. So, But well, your stuff I mean, we... has been fantastic. I appreciate that. But first of all, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This was fun. Uh, anytime I'm more than happy to chop it up with y'all, especially Nick. It's nice to finally meet you as a fellow Wolfpacker here, but, uh, yeah. of course I'm, I'm Grayson Boone. Uh, my, my personal Twitter is G Boone underscore. You'll probably see more college baseball type stuff on that Twitter. And then of course I have the, the Wolfpack specific podcast, uh, that is under, well, capital L capital O underscore Wolfpack, or you could just type in locked on Wolfpack. Any basically anything NC State you'll see on that football, basketball, baseball, you name it. 
Uh, my personal handle be more baseball angled uh, as I am contributing, like uh, like Micah said, to College Baseball Central. Well, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. It does mean a little bit less here in ACC country, especially down the stretch for NC State basketball, on the men's <laughs> side especially. Uh, but as always, it's go ACC.